What up, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with Nikki. What up, homie? Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Good, good, good. Anything new? Anything new, please. There's always something new. What's new? Every five seconds is something new. <laughs> no, um, but that's a loaded question because I can't think of anything right now. Um, I can't think of it. I'm blanking out right now. Well, this past weekend was my parents' 50th anniversary, which was amazing. Shout outs to them. Uh, we went. I went down to South Florida. Uh, my sister came down from Massachusetts, so it was a good time. My brother was there already. He lives there, so we went out to dinner with family, friends. And I did get to watch a movie, and this is one movie that's not in our list to watch. And it came, like, super, like, it just released about two weeks ago, and it was called Mixtape. It's on Netflix. And it's such a good, it's one of those, so the movie's about this. Sounds uh, like a romantic, like a romantic comedy. No, it's not. Mixtape. It, you would think so, but it's not. So this movie revolves around um, this little girl. It, this is set in 1999, Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it's like on the precipice of like the Y2K hitting. Like it was the end of the year. So everybody's like Y2K. A lot of nostalgic moments around that time. Like uh, Napster. They mentioned Napster and everything else. So this, it revolves, the story revolves around this little girl named Bev. And um, her parents passed away when she was really young, and she was always trying to find a way to connect with them. Uh, the only thing that you were able to see at the beginning of the movie was that it was a picture of them when the when the parents were t- they had her as a young teen. The parents, so there was a picture of like the mom with like the super blonde haircut, like almost like a mohawk, and the dad like really like punked out. So she was trying to connect with them, but she doesn't know nothing about them. And uh, the grandmother was like, oh, we need to clean out the, the addict uh, to, for more, making more room for something or other. And she finds a mixtape that they created together. And uh, in the midst of trying to play it, the song, the tape breaks. You know how like, mm-hmm. it unwinds the tape, the uh, cassette tape? And uh, she goes on this journey about finding all the tracks. And she meets a, a record player owner, a record store owner. And he tells her, he's like, you need to listen to the songs in the, in the order they were intended to. Because it's, it's a message to the listener from the creator, from the maker mm-hmm. of the mixtape. So she goes on this journey of learning more about her parents through these musics that they chose and then the order that they chose it and everything. Oh, and because she can't find the songs that she was, at, she was looking for, she can't find like that? Some of them she can't, some were very popular songs that she was able to get on vinyl. Other ones... Uh, there was one of them that there was only 1,000 vinyl pressed for it. So it was super rare to find. Mm-hmm. And she ended up finding it through like a bully and they be like they became friends. And it was just an amazing journey. Like you went along with her on this, this journey of uh, her finding herself, finding ways to um, connecting with her parent through the music and instinctually like taking on because all the music were all punk rock songs mm-hmm. so she took on this like punk rebellious persona while she was gaining confidence throughout trying to learn her parents you know yes I mean? yeah. so she she was gaining this confidence be like like this is the best song ever like there, uh, there was a song from the stokes and it was such a good movie and the, like where there was one song uh like i guess it was a an original song that they put that was like the parents created to end the tape with and that coming got teared up a little bit <laughs> and then 
No, but those are good. I mean, I like movies it's like that so because simple. It's, it was just well because you, people people don't realize music is such a driving force, like a connection and you know, an era and nostalgia and memory. Like I remember when I used to make mix CDs back in the day, it was always like I was look. I, I, it was based on TV shows that I was loving at the time. Like I remember uh, Smallville because they used to have these like original people go on there, and I was like, I love that song, so I would put that in there or. Um, Did you create it to set the mood from from track to track though? Like was, you, like I'm trying to do a build, then a drop, then another build. I, I don't think I had so that much old. forethought into it. Um, it, it reminded me of uh, the movie High Fidelity a little bit with John Cusack. Oh, but they yeah, obviously they took they, they, t- they, took they went way, song. Yeah, they took it very into depth. But this one with the, the with the record store owner, he was like that. He's like, it's, what's the tempo? What's the pace? Is it fading in, fading out? What are they trying to tell you? Like. There's a space that that space in between songs where they're trying to tell you to lead you into the next song. It was like, and I remember like you talking about CDs. I used to make CD mixes, and they used to be like. For, I think what it is too is that I never, that I remember, I can't remember ever making a mix, a CD mix or tape mix yeah. for a specific person. Now I made it for myself just to listen to, but um, obviously when you make it for somebody else. They're going to listen to it in the way you created it. So it's an introduction. Like, you know, if I make a CD, I'll know exactly which track is which track that I want to listen to. Yeah. But when you make it for a person. Oh, yeah, I've done it. But when you make it for a person, that's that's intentional, right? You know, that's, you know, I, well, I want them to ease into it. I want them to, you know, know where I'm coming from. You know, I want to know what my intention, you know, like like you said. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, letter, it's a love, it's a letter. It's a love letter. What's well, a letter, but you know, it could be a love letter. Could be of uh, an introduction to yeah. who I am, a relationship, friendship, breakup, anything or um, remembrance tracks of somebody, a lo- somebody's life journey. If you're able, then that's another. That you know what we're gonna do. I would like to do like a special episode. What would be your life mixtape? Ten tracks. <laughs> life. And the journey that you are so far, so, you know, it's it doesn't re- have to end. You could be like, it's a 10 track, but I'm on track. I feel eight like, right I now, feel like track seven. I feel like when I die, my, like, you know, not necessarily, I'm not even talking about heaven or hell. Just, I feel like my gift is going to be able to remember every moment of my life from beginning to end. Um, perfectly because sometimes I, sometimes I think was something that might have been, you know, forever ago was like two years ago. Yeah. Or like my, you know, and then sometimes, talk, and, and, then, about that too. and that's what I'm and saying. And then sometimes I look up something that was ten years ago, and forget about it completely. Yeah, like something that could have been dramatic, or or, or you know, something that could have could made me somehow. Like yeah. the event itself is almost so blurred that I almost forgot it. So is it's, it all right? So in, is it because I don't want to say because? Do you think the reason is that? We're so into today. The, to the current. That's what I'm saying. That everybody tries to be so much in the present that moments like there's that seem insignificant are significant in the future because that alter your th- your thought process on something. I like, think uh, who said it best was uh, um, what's his name from the office. I'm trying to think who who said it. Uh, what are you saying? I know, okay, I so the, the way I'm like, okay, since we're talking about music, whatever, this is how I'm explaining it. It's kind of like when you start making a mix and you want to make a mix based on your what you remember, what you loved growing up, like you know, yeah, something that makes you you know feel good about old songs. 
you start picking highlights, right? The ones that was always played in the radio, the always, unless that had a personal super, in like hard significance to you, it's gonna be something. It's gonna be the eight tracks, right? But then one day, for whatever reason, somebody maybe plays, you know, a B song from an album that you just realize, man, that, man, I loved that song more, but because it wasn't as popular or something like that or it didn't mean it resonated as much to my life i forgot about it yeah. and that's why i'm saying it's like it's not that those moments don't mean anything it's just that no, I, we I, tend to yeah. kind of focus on the huge the, the big moments as far as memory is concerned yeah but man those little moments sometimes they just they're so impactful they're so heavy yeah but we just you know we just tend to focus on some of these big moments and i think that's what i'm saying like heaven to me will be something where it's like you can replay every moment like it was like just as heavy as any big moment in your life yeah that's crazy that's deep but wait go, before anything now go, i just go ahead i'm uh, sorry no 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 uh, talk. go ahead oh no no what and going off of well not only going off of that but just on top of this movie mm. what was funny is that me going into the movie i'm like oh mix it the only reason i saw it was uh there was a post saying uh, new Netflix movie. It got a hundred percent Rotten Tomato. I was like, oh, let me just watch. I didn't even know nothing about it. Yeah, Never heard yeah. it. I just watched it. And leading up to it, I was already. I already assumed it was like a mixtape. Like I'm thinking, um, like the Infinite Playlist of Nick and Nora, like that. I'm thinking like it's a love story between two people. And then I come to, and I was thinking right before the movie opening credits. And I don't know if you do this. It was like how many songs. There's been millions of stuff that's been created and there's only been a select few that i could remember off the top of my head that has significant impact on me and that came into me thinking about there's so many movies out there and there's so many movies that we probably missed that if we would see it now like we've never seen it we have seen it for the first time now it would be bigger impact than something we've already seen and i'm like how many movies have i missed or how, how many movies i might have passed in blockbuster or any movie theater, just to be like, you know what, I'm gonna go check out whatever is the most popular, and that and and watching this one made me want to be like, you know, what, I'm gonna start like expanding into because I my my view of movies and selection is always broad, but I'm gonna go even broader, I guess, or just get, go find the rarest ones and just watch them, or just randomly pick movies that have never that would never fall into my radar just to see how it is. I feel like when I was growing up, I was more of a movie adventurer. Um, like, I'm not to say that I only look for movies now that are, are you know, like top top list or whatever. Um, I mean, I still look for the obscure, but I look for the stories that I like. Yeah. But when I was young, and obviously the situation was different, right? Now, everything I watch, I choose. Everything I watch is, is purely selective. Uh, but when I was a kid, that wasn't the case, right? So when I was a kid, you know, it was what came on the TV and yeah. my favorite time to watch movies was always like in the middle of the, cause I, I'm a night owl dude. I, I, I don't sleep much. Um, especially growing up. I really didn't sleep much at, at all at night at all. Like I used to stay up to three in the morning almost every day. Um, but it was watching those movies in the middle of the night that were still to this point impactful because they were movies that, that most people would never have heard of, would never have seen, or, or even maybe later on in life, it becomes more of a, a cult classic, but I remember watching all these random movies in the middle of the night just and because that was, that's what was on. Not because I picked it or because I had a th- 100 on Rotten Tomato or, or you know, Facebook was recommending it, you know, stuff like that. It was just because it was on. Yeah. 
Um, which obviously there's hit and misses with that. Oh, definitely. But it definitely did expand my my movie rep like as far as like movies that I've watched to beyond what like, you know, what blockbuster movies were, you know, whatever. Um, but going back to what your original question, which is what was new and since yeah. you kind of brought up this movie that you watched, I binged, and this is my uh, my guilty pleasure, which is something that I know probably is bad, but I, I don't know why I can't help but enjoy it. Yeah. I watched the second season. I binge watched the whole second season of uh, Saved by the Bell. The new, the new, the um, new season. The new oh, is out. Yeah. Oh. Wait, the this second season of my yeah no until I, I knew I I watched the first season with you I remember that yeah I watched the second season I didn't know the second season yeah was it was out <laughs> so and I don't know why that's such a weird like little um, guilty pleasure I just enjoy it like it has it really isn't like good but it's just fun like, it's, it's entertaining to watch and that's, that's and I like you know some of the some of the characters I really do and genuinely enjoy. Um, everything you I, I hate when people are like oh anything I watch has to be either. Action pack or very thought provoking or very, yeah. uh, uh, very artsy. I'm like, no. Sometimes you just need a guilty pleasure. Something that you can just watch for a few hours and to. And but you know what? Just, even just for the pure fun of entertainment itself, it touched on things that I that I remembered from like the for, original. Well, not just that because I, that's why I think the show has become now, which is it. It's a parody of itself. The well, I think it's part parody. So part parody, part parody of itself as far as the original characters that are in it and some of the storylines in it. However. The other part is new age, as far as new problems, new solutions, new things um, that, that the original show would have never, never touched on. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, that happened when you binge watching, you'll see it. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but they touched on something that I've always had an issue with, which is um, Spanish class in high school. And you being a Spanish person in yeah. high school and having to be like, feel like you have to relearn your own language. <laughs> Because, again, they used to use these, like, pronunciations and context that I guess they would say is proper Spanish, but you grew up speaking Spanish. So, so I like in the show they actually touched on that. They touched on somebody who she said she was Dominican, and she's taking Spanish, obviously, because it's easy. But then the person who's teaching it, one, is in Spanish, and is telling her how to speak it, almost like saying her she's incorrect. <laughs> because, you know, he's going based on a book. And but this person grew up speaking that's that language. A, that's one of their native languages. Yeah. So it's basically taking. I guess, and she 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 hit on it. She said it. She goes, people like it bothers her because they don't take into context that every Spanish culture has different context to their words. Yeah. Their words mean something different. The way they pronounce is completely different. So whenever you're just saying, "Well, this is the only the only right way to do it," and you're doing it all wrong. It's kind of like disrespectful to all the other cultures that, and how they use it. Saying like, "Well, you've been doing it all wrong," so I, I love that part. But no, the show itself is is definitely fun. And then I, <laughs> so they went beyond referencing "Say by the Bell" because uh, you can see in the trailer, uh, the uh, Jesse, the character Jesse, yeah. she references basically making it seem like, like her character from "Say by the Bell" was the character that went to Showgirls. <laughs> Oh, so they're trying to do like yeah, she connected goes, to that universe. Yeah, she says it. She goes like, "Well, you know, I I spent a really dark time in Vegas." Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have to watch it. So yeah, so, so that yeah, was so that's Saved by I the Bell to. season two, and yeah. then uh, myself it was that uh, mixtape. Uh, but yeah, let's get into a little bit of the topics. What you got for me, bro? 
Uh, let's go into some uh, sadder moments. Uh, we have the first person I want to talk about was, and this is one of your, I don't know if she is your favorite author, but she does one of your favorite genres of movies involved in, which was vampire movies. And that would be Anne Rice, passed away at 80. She was a writer, a graph, gothic novelist who wrote Interview with the Vampire and... What was the other one? Uh, Queen of the, the Vampire, Queen, Queen, Queen of the, the Damned, Damned. Um, The Diary of the Stats. Yeah. Um, there was obviously a lot more even beyond the vampire stories, but... I yeah. remember I remember when... Uh, talking about Anne Rice, I remember that when uh, Twilight came out, you had that shirt. It was, I, Anne Rice did it better. <laughs> walking around the theater. <laughs> oh, man. I was about to get killed by a bunch of teenage girls. It was fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I mean, I went to I went to go watch it, and obviously, it was like it was funny because it was me, um, my friend Victor, my friend Hector, and they were all obviously like, I'm here watching it with my sister. They, you know, Victor's watching it with his wife, and Hector's watching it with his girl at the time. So we're all there. I mean, it's not that we wouldn't watch it normally, but we really went there for them, yeah. right? So we were like. I guess it was our own little protest, even though we were going. So we all had like shirts that said some stuff. Like, but no, you know what I liked about it? I may, I always like to pick something that's obscure, but that some people might catch. Yeah. And there was like one or two maybe they caught on to what my shirt indicated. But, but not everybody just, everybody <laughs> just thought I had a shirt on. They didn't realize what it was saying. Yeah. Um, No, but I don't know. If she, I want to say she's my favorite author because the thing is, I don't. I don't read books like that. Well, she created the your favorite series. Well, no, no. Let me let me finish my statement. Sorry, I don't read books like that. Like I, I, I don't know why my attention span, I guess, was always messed up. So I, I, I mean, I've always read instruction manuals or like short form, like magazine articles. I just always like to learn. When I read, I like to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was difficult for me to kind of calm myself down to enough to read for story. Yeah. So. She actually was one of the few books that I actually read, because like I said, most the only time after that I was able to absorb books was like through audio, because um, I was able to still do stuff while I'm listening. Um, so those are great books, but the one that uh, the only book that I actually sat down and read, cover to cover, were Anne Rice books. So I guess in that sense, maybe she is my favorite author, but I did love vampires. Have always been my obsession. Yeah, as far as like. That whole thing, I've always been obsessed with vampires. I've, for fun, I used to write, like, for school, I used to write thesis papers on them and all that stuff, like, looking through history, whatever. You used to do fan fictions, too? No, 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 fan <laughs> fictions. Um, <laughs> that would be funny. I would want to see one of your fan fiction vampire stories. If you well, I, I find it interesting because I love people's, I guess, uh, different interpretations of where vampires originated from or how they work. So, like, every... Or even the thought of immortality? Well, I mean... I mean, the thought of immortality, yeah, it's interesting. I just meant like, like for example, uh, one of my one of the most interesting ones of vampires, like as far as where vampire was created, mm-hmm. was a kind of like low budget B movie where, where it was called Vampires. Oh yes. But the one thing I thought was super interesting about the way that they talked about vampires being created was that it was basically a exorcism gone wrong, and instead of pulling out the demons from the person they ended yeah. up embedding more more demonic spirit into the person which ended up becoming what we known as a vampire so again mm-hmm. that was one interpretation which i thought was interesting but you know what i mean the Rice did have a great way of explaining 
that of vampires as far as how they exist, how they function, how they get along, how, you know, what feeding is to them, stuff like that. I, I loved the way she described things. Even in their internal hierarchy with it, too. Yeah. So, like, I just, I, I, I think Anne Rice books were amazing as far as, you know, kind of explaining, I guess, vampires in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was it was it was sad to see that she she passed away. It's one of the few celebrities passing away that kind of caught me caught me off guard. Yeah. Then on top of that, it same week was um, Masayuki uh, Yuimura, mm-hmm. and he was a creator of the Nintendo uh, Entertainment System and the Super Nintendo. And it was I was like, damn, I mean, he was seventy eight years old, so they were close in age. I think she was eighty, and he was seventy eight. But yeah, so when I saw that, I'm like, and it was funny because when I saw it, I was like, damn, we just spoke, we were just talking about 8-Bit Christmas and how how much of an impact that game or that entertainment system uh, impacted our lives when we were little and and how it went from NES to Super NES and that was, and that was a huge game changer and then, and to find out the creator, even though we all, I know everybody passes away, but just like somebody that was, somebody that created something that impacted my life till today because I still reference it on, on whenever somebody tells me what's my favorite games, usually it's going to be something around Super NES. You know, it's funny. My my first game system was not Nintendo, right? It was actually, um, what was it? I, like, I knew that I had the name of my um, Atari. 2600? Yeah. And knowing, like, I mean, I'm talking about the difference between those two game systems was like it literally did feel like you just stepped into the future you're like yeah it it blew my mind so it's like yeah so he he didn't just invent a new system for us to play with he pretty much he changed the whole game yeah, he pushed us into something completely different i think about it like i think before that people might have thought it was more of a gimmick but i think at that point is where he actually i think the gamers really started coming out yeah, but then if you look at even that, the what what he created beyond Nintendo was created this culture that innovated gaming itself to the point that they also released um, footage of the Matrix on the Unreal Engine, like this new Unreal Engine, and it was mind blowing. It was, I was like, it's like I think the, it has a free to play on Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five, which I don't have either. But I saw the gameplay and I'm like, my mouth dropped. And just to see just to see the jump from a system that was at eight bits thirty what, thirty two years ago, maybe thirty five, to what we have today, and it was all from what he created and that inspired other uh other gaming companies to create their own systems like Sega, and then it pushed like Neo Geos, uh, PlayStation, uh, Sony, and then Xbox, Microsoft. So everybody has this platform, and now the PC has been in the game for a long time. But once they saw people could take the console home, they were like, they upped their game too, which is PC is like the monster, monster class for for gaming. It's so weird though, too. Is like um, as far as innovation, I always am shocked that Neo Geo wasn't a staple, right? Like I mean, no, we know about it, but it's because it was so fucking expensive. Oh, I get that. That's but what it, that's the only reason. It's crazy, if it was though. if it was affordable. It, I'm telling you now, if this if the Neo Geo was a little, slightly more not more not slightly even significantly more affordable to the average consumer, then yes, 
It would have. Because I think a Nintendo game at the time was probably like 40 bucks, maybe 30. And the Neo Geo game was like 100 bucks for one game. When it came out, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it was ridiculous because everyone. Maybe I, maybe that's that teaches you something about the gaming, the gaming world in general, right? Um, where it's like, because if you think about it, at PlayStation, all these different companies, they don't they don't care about the they they actually do not care anything about the system, the the gaming system, the gear. They don't care. They they will give it to you if they if they could, because again, that they don't make money off of the system; they make money off of the games. Yeah. So Neo Geo, even though Neo Geo, if you really, if I, I remember correctly, like, the movie, the way the eight bit Christmas was, as far as you know, how the kid was like, um, like his eyes lit up and everything when he was see the Nintendo. That's not me. That wasn't me because I remember I got a Nintendo. You got a Nintendo. We all kind of got a Nintendo at the same time, so it wasn't as like it was cool, but it wasn't as eye opening. But because I only knew one person who had a Neo Geo, and I would go to his house and play like it was just like the movie. That Nintendo in the movie was your Neo Geo. Yes, because again, I couldn't get one. It was too expensive, like you said. Yeah. So I would have to go to my cousin's house who had one, and he had, you know, he had his money, so he would pay for all the stuff. The controller, I mean, the controller was like 150 bucks. It was insane, and I remember how cool, like all these little things were. Like the graphics at the time were better than Nintendo, and that you, the the, the idea was that you can go to the arcade, play a game. Put a card in the game while you're playing, and yeah. then when if you're not done, you can literally take that card home and put it into your game system and finish playing the game. So just to give you an idea, mm-hmm. the Neo Geo came out in uh, '97, December of '97, and the introductory price for the Neo Geo was six hundred forty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. With inflation from now to then, I think it would have been easily like a thousand bucks. For the Neo Geo, probably like 800, 850. And that's now, and now we have like just just the standard, just the standard PS5, which will dom- dominate in every aspect of it, is five hundred dollars at starting. <laughs> yeah, so that's how then, much, that's how fucking expensive that game that system was. No, but it, and um, but if you think about it, that's as funny as like maybe that's why it, does, it never became a staple. Yeah, because it was simply too expensive. That's the only reason. Okay, so, okay, counterpoint. If, okay, so that didn't become a staple. So we know about it, but didn't become a staple. It was almost like a, a movie that we watched, but it didn't become like a cult classic, right? So what about what about Dreamcast? What was Dreamcast's thing? Dream- it just wasn't Nintendo? I think it because I think it was at the time it was competing with the N sixty four and Sony PlayStation one. If I'm not mistaken, they were comp- and that was that was Sega's Sega's baby. Yeah, and they came out with a few games, but I think they, I felt they they might have been a little bit ahead of their curve because they had the I remember the controller had like this little memory card that it looked like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, they could connect, and supposedly some of the games you could still play it, or they have some games you could play with it, you could carry it with you. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think it was it. It had. I don't think it had enough game like signature games in it to hold it, to hold on to it, to have another another step of the next generation. Okay. 
Because I think, because if you think about it, Sony had, I mean, not Sony. Um, at the time, I think it was, I don't know if it was N60. I'm trying to remember when it came out. I think it came out when Play, so it might have been N64, PlayStation 1. So N- N64 had Mario. Mario, Donkey Kong, anything Mario related, Super Smash, Dr. Mario, everything Donkey Kong related, the Donkey Kong Juniors, uh, GoldenEye. They had fucking so it was a games. library of games that were iconic in its own in its own right. Mm-hmm. Then you had uh, PlayStation, which which was game changer because now they went. Well, they had disc, but they, they were more affordable than yeah. Neo Geo because I think Neo Geo had disc too, and Sega yeah, Saturn did had disc, but they were just more affordable to to the consumer. And then that was in, they had Banjo Kazooie, they had Crash Bandicoot, so they had games, and people were like. Let's see what's going on with this. So they jumped on that bandwagon, and they were able to develop a lot more games easier. And I think it became one of the highest grossing games systems sold at the time. And then you have Neo Geo, which only the only one that you had really to hold everything was Sonic and Crazy Taxi. Neo Geo? I mean, not Neo Geo. I'm sorry. Dreamcast. Dreamcast, yeah. Dreamcast had Sonic, and I think Crazy Taxi, and probably like a few that I even don't remember. Mm-hmm. But their character, go-to character, their, their flagship character was Sonic. Yeah. And, and it... And we'll be talking about Sonic in a little bit. It doesn't hold a candle to Mario when comparison to the popularity of what it is. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. And then um, they weren't selling enough games to 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 see it be like, let's make another gen system for it. So instead, they started just doing developing um, games. And I think they Sega went and also in, went into developing more arcade games that goes into arcade stores and things mm-hmm. like that. They they were they did a little department that had that they were focusing on that. But he passed away. <laughs> Megasaki, you're Megas. Uh, I keep fucking with his name. I'm sorry. Masayuki Yurimara. R.I.P. And then another rest in peace we need to talk about. Was the announcement of Cowboy Bebop not being canceled and not getting a season two? And I'm not gonna touch much about it, just for the simple fact that we do have a upcoming episodes in a few week, few weeks, uh, that we will be discussing the comparison of Cowboy Bebop the anime to what is now the one season of Cowboy Bebop Netflix. And then my, the main reason from what I was understanding was that uh, one, the the fan base, a huge fan base that Cowboy Bebop had didn't resonate with this new live ac- action adaptation. So then with Netflix, it was like the return on investment, it doesn't seem reasonable or feasible to have to make a second season if the fans, the fans are not there for it. And I think the fault of that one, because this is I'm not having seen I haven't seen the season I haven't seen the show, and the fault of that was because they dropped all this the whole show one in one take. Oh, that's the stories. No, no, they dropped the whole season, mm. the whole entire first season, in, in one day. Oh, so you think if they should have just done if they the, ep- the episode by episode? If they would have done, if they already had the 10 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And if everybody just watched it in one day, then people already have 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 conversation and they'll just like, I hate it. 
and never give it a chance to let them grow. So like if you go week to week, then you're like, oh, I didn't like that this episode that much because of this. The following episode, I didn't like it or I like this one. Because if they immediately don't like it, they either they'll stop watching. They'll stop watching it after if they're like, I'll have the whole season. But if they're like, oh, maybe it gets better next season. What's the next episode? Maybe it gets better in the next episode. Let me just wait for it and create a discussion in between. No. I think so. I don't think so. The reason I say is because Netflix has had that model for a long time and there's a lot of shows that that uh, have, have gained a lot of success even though, think about it, Squid Games. Yeah. It's already going to go for a second season. So I think that the problem is is that you're remaking a classic. Like you're not remaking something that was popular. Like if they made, a, if Squid Game was a, was an anime and they made it into live action within a couple of years, it's uh, I I can see it being more acceptable, but you took something that how old was probably twenty six years twenty six years twenty years. Years? Like, Let me double check. Well, you, you keep people, going. I think with time people make, um, it, you know, embed the stories and then they embed the characters and they start developing on the characters, going create, going further and further. So people build up those the expectations. For sure, over twenty years, the expectations that they have for the for that is is insane. It's crazy. So, you know, it's it, you know, you know how difficult the like people's expectations was when they came out with that. April third, third, nineteen ninety eight. So at least twenty two years. Like, like when, uh, for example, perfect example was uh, um, uh okay, so, um, sorry, um, Blade Runner. Yeah. Like I've always said this before, when you if you're going to try to make something like a sequel to something or whatever, tr- touch on the storyline that exists. Don't touch on the original story because people's expectations just grow. Yeah. And if you try to try to like match the expectations, it's it's almost is a very impossible, a very difficult task to, to meet. Oh no, definitely. So I think that's what it was. They were trying to match people's expectations. And if they didn't make it identical to what it is, or if the story wasn't better than what people remember, it's, I mean, again, I'm here catching up on the original anime because I have never really watched the original yeah. like that. So I haven't watched the show yet, so I don't know. But here's here's one mm-hmm. thing that I, I saw people complaining, and I, don't, and I think it's stupid, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, is that um, in the anime, Faye, her attire is more provocative. It's like a, little, a lot more skin showing. And in this one, it isn't. It was she has her shorts or and a jacket, but it's not like as an alpha in the anime. And people were like, "Oh, we want what we saw in Fate in the anime to be in live action adaptation." Oh my god, is this? The, there was some people mentioning that. That is they, this the 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 what the, the 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 what's your what's your name from um um the basketball uh, anime movie um basketball anime movie yeah uh, sorry like my mind just blanks and stuff. Um, the one with LeBron. oh Space Jam, Space Jam with, with with the bunny Lola Bunny, right? Lola, Lola Bunny, yeah. So this is a Lola Bunny argument again. Pretty much that that was it's one stupid. of the that was one of the arguments that people had. That was one of the arguments. It's, it's a stupid argument. I yeah, mean, it's it a definitely silly. is. I saw. I was watching a YouTube guy. I don't know the name, and, and if I did, I wouldn't mention it. Mm-hmm. But he was. He said uh, when he said he canceled, he didn't tell any to touch anything on the story. He goes like, oh. And one of the things he said was that he goes the phase outfit was different. It was it was a little bit more, you know I mean, promiscuous or whatever, however you want to call it, mm. scantily. 
and and this one it wasn't but i would have preferred it to have more of the original look and i'm like that's 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 just visual look at the story look and and my thing and and this is the thing hard for netflix now because this is like oh and three something like that for them we don't want oh and three for anime adaptation live action okay what was the other ones uh death note yeah, that was horrible. But that was that was horrible just to be hard. They weren't even trying to be good. But that. that's what I'm saying. I think, and then I think Bleach was the other one that was no, Netflix. No, but Bleach wasn't uh, Netflix then because they did it for, it was like. Was it? It was, I think they, they took it from another, like another country already made it. I don't know. I thought it was Netflix. Uh, I think it was Netflix produced. Even then that wasn't that bad considering. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like the worst one out of all of them. Was, was Death Note? Was Death Note, definitely. Yeah. And and I felt that, and I think, but that's because they really weren't trying to even match the original story. Yeah. So, but now you have Cowboy Bebop that has, I feel, has a bigger fan base than Death Note because of the seniority it has in the anime community, and and you took it and as and they made everybody look as close to as possible to the anime based on the trailers. And the feel of it based on the second chair that got released. So we didn't, we, I don't know what, what they, we, they gave us because I'm watching it during the Christmas break. And that's what we're going to review right after. And I think we'd have some special guests coming along with us to join us on that journey. But overall, it, it, there was only going to get season one. But now we have to look into that one piece is coming out. It's going to be from next year, coming out in 2023. How do you do that, How do you do that one? What do you mean? I, because I haven't even watched, I haven't even started watching One Piece, but I know One Piece is like. They just completed a thousand episodes. A thousand episodes. Yeah. How are you going to make anything from that? Like, like you legitimately, like, I mean, <laughs> you're going to take like a hundred episodes just to make one episode. You're going to have to condense episodes. But and, he's, and that's he, the problem too, is when they start doing that, they can start damaging the story. He, yeah, but here's a great thing about what's. The only promising thing with One Piece is mm-hmm. that Oda, the creator of One Piece, is gonna is an executive producer of the show, of the Netflix live adaptation. He's the one that picked all the characters in all the actors for the show. So now he he's he's heavily involved. So I know that. He's gonna have to pick and choose which arc he wants to do and focus on, because he's not. I know he's gonna plan to do a thousand episodes with these with these characters because it would take forever. So he's gonna have to condense as one story arc and take some memorable moments and com- put it into one compelling story. And I think he's able to do that because I think if you take uh, an an original idea or concept or IP and then try to adapt it with with the creator not involved so much to, to be able to be like the, the, to the creator be like, this character wouldn't do that. This character would have done this. This is more of the feeling the character would have gone. And you could have changed it to live action to maybe skew a little bit off center of what the story is and make it original, but still giving respect to the, to the original content to make it its own, but giving respect to the original, then that's okay. And, but if you're trying to be like if the original creator or somebody that was not heavily involved in creating the anime is not in, in involvement in the live action, there's going to be a skew or something that's going to divert from what the concept of what that character originally was. I mean, ultimately, always takes the same thing. It's just um, love. 
Period. Yeah. You, if you have love for the original creation, then you show love to what you create. But if you're just trying to make your, you're taking, it's almost like when people take a script and they just take it like, well, I'm, okay, I'm going to use this script to make my own story. Yeah. I mean, that might work for some scripts because we've never read the script. Yeah. But if we know the stories, we don't want to hear, like, we, we don't mind hearing your version if your version is based on, like, your consideration and your love for the original content. But if it's just to be like, eh, I'm just going to take make my own story based on this, then no, it's not going to work. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I got to watch the live action. But I think it's, honestly, they're better off that they, 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 they I guess, in a sense, desexualize the character. Because trust me, if they would have gone as provocative as what I've seen so far with the show, it would it would not have gone well. Like trust me, it, like maybe those because you kind of like what 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 are you making it for? Because a fanboy wants to jerk off to it. To, <laughs> I can jerk off to it. Like I don't, I do not care. That's not what I made it for. No, that's not what we're doing. But that's the thing. If they would have gone that far or something like that, or try to sexualize it, like because think about it, it's anime. That's what. It, you know, we kind of watch like all these other old animals have that element to it, which is fine. But I don't, you know, now that we're older, and we want to watch a live action. We want to watch a story. You know, I don't want to jerk off to, you know, like to old anime. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So I, I think they would, they're better off. I mean, even though got, a, lot, a lot of good shows gets canceled on Netflix. Yeah, they do. Even if their first season was really good. I mean, we don't always know the elements, but some, like how many times are we seeing i started watching mm-hmm. like utopia well this was an amazon prime and it got canceled utopia got canceled utopia got canceled after one season yep really i was here waiting for the second season to drop no you haven't watched utopia you think upload oh upload season two is coming oh, yeah, that's right. utopia Sorry. is a different one yeah okay now I remember. that was based yeah. off a comic book yeah i remember that one and then uh why the last man that was a hulu really that didn't make it either that didn't make it it got canceled after after the last episode of the first was season. that dropping episode off episode or week after dropping week. the whole okay week week to week and it died out i guess just fans were liking the adaptation i think what it is now is like i don't know i think people get fickle like they want new stuff so yeah, it's people like do. it's it they're like you know it's not like before before we always wanted to just to hold on to old shows like for dear life for like forever yeah now it's like Ah, that was cool. I want the new stuff. Yeah. And does that have nothing to do with them? Like, oh, I hated that. No, I didn't hate it, but I want new stuff. No, I guess they really, some of the fans really hated. You think it's, I mean, Hustler? (laughs) Well, I got to see it for myself to see. So look out for it in a few weeks. We'll be doing a a episode on the comparison from the anime to the live action. Yep, yep. Keep your eyes and ears open. We'll be making an announcement when it fully drops. But next, we'll talk about two trailers that did drop this week. The first one was Sonic 2. And I have to say I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first one, the movie. It was way better than I expected. Yeah. It, 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 it entertained me. I knew it was going to be fun and it was going to be cheesy. But I thought, I think Jim Carrey killed it in this role. Supposedly, apparently he's, he's going bigger and more crazier in this role and in, in this movie. And now we got the introduction more, more of Tails and the iconic Knuckles voiced by Idris Elba, which his voice matched it perfectly. I'm like, gave me chills the first time I saw it. And then I, when I saw it, my friend sends me the, the trailer and he was like, yo, did you see the trailer? I'm like, 
yeah, but what about that that Knuckles voice? He was like, I didn't hear it because I guess he was listening on his phone, watching yeah. on his phone. Yeah. When he got home, he's like, yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, I'm excited because, uh, like you said, I think what made the movie, everything was great, but I think what made the movie was definitely uh, Jim Carrey. And I think it was because we got to see a version of Jim Carrey we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, he gave me very Ace Ventura. Yeah, like he's, he's Fire Marshall Bell vibes. He's, he's like known as somebody who is super animated, super rubber, like, so, you know, like when he made, like, don't get me wrong, I had nothing against him when he did uh, um, Kick Ass. Yeah. I thought it was cool. But, or, or when he does all these other serious movies, that's all fun. It's just not like the things that we fun in love like with a him. Classic, for. classic. Yeah, like Ace Ventura, like you said, Ace Ventura, The Mask. He was super just animated and super crazy. And obviously, he's at a certain age now, but he, the fact that he can still perform and give a performance like that is, is incredible. So I can't wait yeah. for the next one. And the fact that now he he's coming with his own fire, which is Knuckles, yeah, it just adds to the story. So oh, I can't it wait. Does. I think they're already planning for a third one after this one. I'm assuming. I have a feeling they're gonna do it because after that, I think they might might introduce Mecha, Mecha Sonic, mm-hmm. and I think I forget there was a female one, but I never I never remember her name. I just stopped playing after that point. <laughs> I don't remember when she was introduced. And then the next one was Fantastic Beast Three: The Secrets of Dumbledore. And I was never a fan. I didn't like the second one. I could tell you that. Really? Yeah, the the, the crimes against Grindelwald or something. Like that. I thought it was okay. It was, mm. a, it was like uh, I was. I liked the first one better than the second one. Well, the first one was very slow paced and had a. It was more of an investigation, kind of slow inve- slow building investigation type story. So you got to, and also introduction to characters. Introduction to characters are always fun. This one was obviously a continuation of the same characters, and then a bigger bigger plot. Um, yeah. I guess I was. I guess he maybe not being interested in the bigger plot of it. Um, I mean, I'm hoping this one's gonna be good. It's it's interesting. What I'm curious about was because I'm not into. I don't read uh, Harry Potter like that. So yeah. the one person in 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 the story who is was not uh, um who's uh, I guess uh, what do you call it um human uh-huh. um but no but there's a name for it. I know, dude. I'm. You know the, the, the you know who's gonna yell at us for all this stuff. I know, I know. I'm gonna wait until, <laughs> until we get that message. Like, yo, bro, you didn't know this? No, I did not. All I do know, which is a fun fact, is this is the last Harry Potter franchise movie that is connected with uh, J.K. Rowling. Really? Yes. Uh, Universal uh, bought out the rights to Harry Potter. And the magical wizardly world of Harry Potter. And I think they have it till 2025, I think, or beyond that. I'm not sure how, what the details. But this will be the last one that she's connected with. So basically, we're, go, we're getting into the... Now that they have, they're going to have a TV show mm-hmm. based off Harry Potter. on uh, I think it's going to be on HBO Max. I think they're still pitching to HBO Max. I think it's going to HBO Max. So we're at Star Wars level now with Harry Potter. Because now we're away from the author and we're working with different people to yeah. create stories. Hey, man. I'm good for it. I'm down for it. Like, let's, I mean, I want to I see some people that grew up with the Harry Potter. I want to meet some people that, like, loved the stories. And create something from it. Yeah, because. And, who did, and this guy did well. John Favreau. Yeah. No, I mean, it was amazing. So, like, I can't wait to see what happens. But this one made a lot of references to, like, things we know. Obviously, like, I saw references to the school. 
Yeah, Hogwarts. Yeah. Well, now that you have Dumbledore, of course you're going to have references to everybody else in that universe. But it looks interesting. I, I can't say what, how I feel about it. I know it's going to be fun because wizards are always fucking cool. Always. I, I wish I wish I was. A, I wish I would rather be a wizard than a vampire. No. Say that. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yes. Shut your mouth. Yes. <laughs> that's what it is. And that's where we're keeping it, guys. Wizards over vampires. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for today, guys, man. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episodes from my mom's garage. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at for my mom's garage or email us at fmmg podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, concerns, or topics you want us to discuss. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. <laughs>